Welcome to the Married and Naked podcast. I'm Tammy, founder of the blog Married and Naked, life coach and speaker. And I'm Joel, TV host, motivational speaker, and the guinea pig to the lessons you're about to learn. We're high school sweethearts married over two decades, and we're on a mission to help you create the marriage you desire and deserve. Let's get naked. Welcome into the Married and Naked podcast. I'm so happy to have you all with us here today. How are you today, Joel? I am doing good. How are you, my love? I'm doing great. It's kind of the afternoon, though, and I was telling you beforehand that my brain feels fuzzy in the afternoon, so I need to start doing these podcasts with you in the morning when I feel kind of fresh and alert so I could be my best self for this, but I'm going to suck it up and uh, give you all that I can in um, moving forward in this uh, Six Tips to Breaking Down Bedroom Barriers series. We chose to do this series because we had gotten so many letters from people uh, sending them through the website or sending me emails to ask questions in particular about sex. So we saw a very clear theme. And so we wanted to tackle kind of a lot of those uh, questions together and combine them into a series that we're calling Six Tips to Breaking Down Bedroom Barriers. So we uh, did tips number one and two on previous podcasts, and people have seemed very receptive and to listening to those. And I, I, I feel like it's um, striking a nerve with a lot of people. Um, so we want to continue on and, and, and give these additional tips to how you can break down those barriers in the bedroom. Okay, Joel, so we are going to move on this week, and today we're going to actually tackle tips number three and four, and if people don't know, the reason I'm telling you what we're going to (laughs) do is because you come into this really not really having a preconceived notion of what we're going to talk about, and so we're just kind of getting some off-the-cuff thoughts from you, and I come into it with more uh, preparation, So, which is kind of how our relationship is a little bit. Yeah, just so people have a, a mental picture. I mean, when we sit down to do these podcasts, you have the computer faced your direction with your mic in front of the computer, and I'm basically on the opposite side of the table, and I have no idea what's in front of you. I have no notes in front of me, nothing, and that's kind of the way I've always worked um, as a presenter, as a speaker. I just kind of go off the cuff. I don't really have a script or anything. So that's kind of the way we're doing this. You do all the preparation, you have the topics, and then you just tell me, okay, it's time, and here we are. (laughs) Yeah, and I like to be much more prepared when I give um, a talk. I, I spend weeks beforehand. I have a very clear kind of, you know, guided script or bullet points that I want to work off of. And that's kind of what settles my nerves a little bit. And Joel likes to work off the cuff. So here we go. <laughs> tip number three. And I will say this before we actually get into tip number three and four, if you missed any of the past um, tips, please go back and listen to these podcasts. Now, you can certainly listen to this one if you're brand new to the Married and Naked podcast, but we highly recommend because these are kind of like building foundational blocks to breaking down barriers in the bedroom. So I highly recommend, or I should say we highly recommend listening to tip one and tip two. And Tammy, take tip three away. Yeah, I think that's a good point because I do feel like these kind of are slightly linear in the in the tips and the suggestions of how to break down the barriers. So definitely go back and check out tips one and two. Uh, and I am coming from the female perspective today, or I should say not necessarily female perspective, but my perspective. 
and really in how I work so much is just sharing my own experiences, our experiences, what's worked for us and hasn't worked for us. And that's how we come about a lot of the tips and ideas that we have are really just from our own experiences. So today's tip is get comfortable. And when I say get comfortable, what I mean is physically. The idea is to break through any barriers that are going to arise that will make it difficult for you to relax. And I'm focusing today on the physical relaxation. Okay, so you're not referring to being comfortable mentally right. that's, or getting in the right mindset. Nope, that's yeah. a tip in the future, and we'll we'll delve deep into that because that is absolutely imperative, specifically for women. But today we're going to talk about the physical comfort. So let's start peeling back this onion. When you say get comfortable and you're speaking from your perspective, um, obviously... I kind of know what you're referring to, but Cheryl, what are you talking about? We're really thinking things like in your head, like when you're getting ready for a intimate moments, thinking things like I'm cold or my back's hurting during moments of intimacy are going to really derail your ability to stay connected and in the moment. So the goal for me, and I think the goal for women in general, and I'm sure many men as well, is to really try to eliminate all of those things that can throw off your ability to relax and enjoy yourself. And for me, there's many physical things that can get in the way of that. And oftentimes, one of the main things for me is, is temperature. Like, I, I need to feel warm and, and comfortable. It's funny because, again, I did not know that this was going to be the tip for today until just now. You're talking mm-hmm. about comfort. But you and I both know, as soon as you say that, Yes, it is crystal clear, man. If you are not physically comfortable, um, position, um, temperature, like you said, uh, light. I mean, I'm trying to think of other physical attributes of of comfort. Oh, like a fan, having your hair tickle you, um, stuff like that. I mean, it, it becomes to where it's, you just can't get comfortable and you then you can't settle in and then it becomes a, problem for us to be intimate in the bedroom because it it just bugs you that much. Yeah. And I think the the real point to address here, and we'll dive more deeply into this when we're talking about uh, setting up a mental, the good mental space uh, and being in the right mindset. But for women, intimacy really starts in their head, in their brain. And if there are things happening that are distracting or bothersome in any way, it can really derail any kind of desire or or want for intimacy at all. So that's something that we've really kind of learned the hard way and have gotten much better about is trying to find ways first and foremost about those physical things, those things that I can control to, to try to help set up the situation to where I can relax. So for me, that's often finding a cozy spot, some place that's comfortable, not being in some really odd, you know, position that's causing a headache or something like that. And I think coming into into this idea of being comfortable, really just, I think, starting a conversation with about it is important and to work hard not to be irritated by those things especially when you are working towards an intimate moment cuz that will certainly derail the situation so 
you know, we've been married a long time, so you kind of know a lot of the things for me. You'll go check the temperature first. Or even for me, I'm sensitive. Like things like the music being too loud is really bothersome to me. It, it, it throws me off completely. So I have a lot of those things that I have to uh, kind of work towards in order to get into the right physical space. And once I get there, then I work on that will help me get in the right mental space. Like I said, we'll address that later. You're very sen- your skin's very sensitive yes. too. So you don't I, like, I can't, you know, how you see the movies and you hear stories, erotica stories about feathers being all. Oh, heck no. There's no <laughs> way. I like, I've, I've literally thought I just want to bring a feather one time just to prove out like it would never work. We've no. never done that. So yeah, okay. that's not for me. <laughs> not for you. So I hear what you're saying. Being comfortable physically is very, very important. And, yes. and as we know in our relationship, it is like key. I mean, it yes. really is. So if your partner, you know, struggles with that or needs a little checklist of things in order to be comfortable, just find some respect and understanding of that and not judgment and and really just help them find ways to set up the the scenario or the room in a way that's going to help them get comfortable. And I guarantee that that's going to really benefit both of you in the long run. So Think about positions you choose and make sure they're comfortable as well. Get creative. What can you use to help find comfortable positions, pillows, chairs, footstools, etc.? You know, whatever it takes to get comfy is tip number three. And then I want to share with you tip number four. And that is really to know that it's okay to let go of the idea of spontaneity. Wow, this is a tough one. Well, I think many people think that if it's not spontaneous, it's not sexy, right? In the beginning of a relationship, spontaneity often just comes very naturally. You don't really have to think about it. It just happens. But the truth is, as life carries forward and there's kids and work and in-laws and medical issues, spontaneity becomes more and more difficult. And I think that as a relationship progresses, it's important to grow and progress with it. The truth is, if we wait around for spontaneity, like we had when the relationship was new, we might be waiting a long time. Sometimes you have to schedule it. And that's totally okay. I think this is a, this is something I think a lot of couples will probably struggle with, you know, when it comes to relaxing on the whole spontaneity thing uh, simply because love is passion and it's, you know, <laughs> bombs and explosions and fireworks and, ah, and, and sometimes how do you get that? Well, it just happens in a moment, just like you see in a movie and a show and a, and a read in a book. And yet the reality is, like you said, there are so many things that are going on in our lives and so many things that as you grow in your relationship, you accumulate house, bills, responsibilities, kids, animals, dog. You know what I'm saying? You have all these things now which cut into your ability to just on a whim go to the bedroom and enjoy a wonderful time with each other because you have all these other things and distractions that are going on in your life. So it is hard. I mean, we've struggled with this. I know I have personally. I've struggled with, man, I just want to be spontaneous and just want to want you to walk in and and you know, let's let's go. And I know that's not the way. I, I know it's not possible. So, I love that you're saying it that scheduling time is 
you're putting that out there because you and I, I think one of the best things that we have done to help our relationship is exactly that scheduling time to be together, scheduling time to be intimate. I hear what you're saying about, you know, longing for more spontaneity. I I know that that's, I think, common in relationships. And I think it, it attributes much to what you said about what we see on TV and read in books. And you said love is like bombs and, you know, like fireworks. fireworks and and to, to me, that's not necessarily love. That's lust. And as a relationship progresses, that lust factor, and I'm not necessarily talking about desire. I'm talking about that intense lust factor that tends to be at the beginning of a relationship that often, you know, it fades. It fades. And love takes precedence. Love takes over. And love is a completely different idea and experience than lust, than what you have in the beginning. And don't get me wrong. Let me, let me just talk, just cut in there real quick. I don't want people to be home like, what? wait a minute, I still lust after my spouse because I know that's not what you're trying to say. No, I'm talking about those, the fireworks and the explosions that you tend to feel at the beginning of a relationship where lust is at the forefront of a relationship, not necessarily love. And then as time goes on, you settle into love and that takes the forefront. And then as time progresses, more and more things take the forefront, sometimes, unfortunately, over your marriage. And so all those explosions and fireworks and everything, they get put aside. And I'm definitely not saying that those feelings aren't felt with us because we do find our way to them all the time. But it takes more work. It takes more work to get there than it used to. And for us. I totally agree with you in terms of finding them and how we find them is exactly what you said. We schedule them. Yeah. And we do have moments yeah, of spontaneity. Yeah, not all the time. And really what I, I think one thing that's important to note is that if spontaneity is evading you and you don't schedule it, then it's going to go longer and longer without you having moments of intimacy with your partner. And the longer that goes the more disconnect can creep in and the harder it becomes in a relationship. So in my opinion, what I've always felt is that saying yes to that, being able and willing to schedule that and not waiting around for the feeling to hit is good for our relationship. It helps us maintain a connection that we wouldn't have if we waited around for the spontaneous moment to arise. And I'm hoping that you that is listening to this right now, when you hear the word schedule it, I'm hoping we're not getting a big roll your eyes like, oh my gosh, love is now routine. Well, yeah. I mean, it really is. There's a lot to love in a marriage that is a routine. Just like for most people waking up early in the morning to then go to work to then come home later on in the day, to then have to make food if you have a family or kids to provide for. So there's a lot of routines that we typically go through. So to have a time that's scheduled that you can look forward to or that you can put down on it during the week or maybe a couple times during the week or you know whatever it is for you is so important. I mean, I know for us, like right now, you are practicing for a marathon. 
So you are running miles and miles four times a week right now, Mm -hmm. which means at the end, and you're doing that at the beginning of the day. So you're waking up super early, you're running between four and 15 miles a day, Mm -hmm. four times a week, which means at the end of your day, I'm sure you would admit you're not your best self. Right. You're not awake. You're not arrived. Tired. Yeah. You're tired. Whereas there's a few days out of the week where you don't run. Right. Which means at the end of those days, you are your best self. So it's important to understand that no matter where you're at, if you have a job, you're practicing for a marathon, or you work nights, or you work day, you know, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. those times within the week that you can circle to reconnect is what this series is all about. Right. And let me be clear that scheduling doesn't mean it has to be boring. And oh, I think no. I think that that's what a lot of people think. Oh, we have to put it on the calendar. Now we're boring. You know, like <laughs> we're that couple that's so boring. But it really comes down to intention in a in a marriage, in a relationship. And our intention is to connect on an emotional, physical level as often as we can so that we can maintain a happy marriage. We value that. We know that that's important for a marriage. So if it is important to you, then putting and setting that intention to connect is so vital. It's vital. And, and intimacy, sex is a very important part of a happy, successful marriage. So if that's your goal, making sure the intention is at the forefront and knowing it doesn't have to be boring at all. Just because we schedule it, we have a lot of fun. And one of the things that we do is we will set up some fun, sexy date nights. So, and we keep it, you know, fresh and not always, but we definitely throw that in, you know, sometimes. And that kind of keeps that fresh feeling. Look, you're going to fall into what works for you and what doesn't work for you, especially if you're taking these tips to heart and you're really trying to work through how to improve. Um, We're not just saying these to just say them. These are, like Tammy said in the very beginning, these are things that have worked for us. They're in practice. They've helped us with our times where we fall out of practice to get back into practice and, and definitely understanding that a schedule is really important for us and it can, it's fun. It's so much fun. We don't necessarily have to do a game or an activity, but we throw it in sometimes in order to kind of keep it fresh and exciting. We enjoy doing games like that. Totally fun. Yeah. So just, just noting that it doesn't mean boring. Don't, don't let that word creep in when you hear the idea of scheduling. So I just wanted to throw out just three reasons why scheduling can be beneficial to your sex life. For one thing, it allows you to both pick a time that works for you. Because Joel's talking about different, you know, you may have totally different sleep schedules, which is true for Joel and I. I am an early to bed, early riser. He's late to bed, late riser. So sometimes that can throw in a conflict or if you have different work schedules, whatever that may be, scheduling, it allows you to kind of come to a common ground as to what's going to work for both of you. The other um, thing that it does is it allows you to really prepare mentally and physically. You know, on the days where I know that that's our day, I tend to take a little bit more care and making sure that I'm not, you know, too stressed out. I'm, you know, trying to 
throughout the whole day stay in a better mental state. It know I know those days. Now we have older kids now, but in the day, those are the days I need to make sure that I'm going to make a priority to get the kids to you know, bed on time and early, maybe even earlier than normal, you know, like it gives you time to really prepare. I might light a candle when I take a shower or I I think that it really helps put you kind of in at least me and women maybe in general put us in that good mental state and allows us to prepare and shave and feel good and sexy, you know. Make sure the thermometer on the heater or the AC is at optimal. Absolutely. (laughs) Degrees. And then, of course, scheduling allows you, as we said before, to connect regardless of life's situations. It's most important to continue to connect with your partner. We don't want to let intimacy go because we're awaiting that spontaneous moment. Life will always get in the way if you're waiting and waiting for that moment to come. So instead, think about the idea of taking control of your sex life and instead of letting it you know, kind of control you and get out of control where you're not having those intimate moments anymore. Let's take back control and put it on the calendar. So, Tammy, what do we have planned tonight? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this, is, this isn't our scheduled night. This is, okay. <laughs> I don't know if this is going to actually stay in the podcast, but on the off chance that it does, I do have to say this, though. Even though we have scheduled times, does it mean we always stick to our scheduled times? Uh, it means we tend to stick to our scheduled times, but it doesn't mean do we that we don't allow. It doesn't mean we don't allow flexibility on other days. We absolutely do. Um, our scheduled time tends to be those times where it's going to be more like mutual, and we're going to take time, and it's not a quickie kind of a thing. Whereas a quickie might be something that we're more open to on other days. And I think that that's important to to note that just because you have a scheduled time, maybe once a week doesn't mean that you can't, you know, enjoy other things throughout the week. It just means that that's kind of your guaranteed spot. Does that answer that question? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Good. Okay. Well, I hope that that uh, is helpful and you're enjoying the tips so far to breaking down bedroom barriers. I think that these, um, even though sometimes they don't feel as important, simple things as getting comfortable, I think they are. I think they are very important. So that'll wrap today's tips for breaking down bedroom barriers, tips number three and four. Next episodes, we will be moving on and finishing out this series with tips five and six. And I guarantee you want to tune in for both of those because I think six is one of the most uh, important ones that we have come across. So it's a juicy one. (laughs) (laughs) Joel doesn't even know what it is. It's like, it is really? That's what I love. Yes, it is. You can't wait. And uh, just know if you are interested in sending us a podcast topic, you can head to the Married and Naked website, click on the Ask Married and Naked Anything button, and you can send us an anonymous question. Those are the questions that incited this whole series. So please send us your questions, your ideas. We really value them. And take a minute, if you would, please, to leave us a review. They mean a tremendous amount to us, and they really help us get seen. Uh, so that we can be seen on the searches for these podcast um, apps. And the more we're seen, the more people we can help. So it really does mean a lot to us. And until next time, thanks for joining us on the Married and Naked podcast. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.